Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I would encourage you to check out uh, the book, Setting Captives Free. It is uh, a biblical book. It's practical on the topic of deliverance from evil spirits. And that is a topic that can cause a lot of question marks, sometimes confusion. Sometimes it's a, it's a topic that people try to maybe uh, avoid or just kind of hide away from. A lot of fear. But uh, uh, I'm hoping the book will bring just a practical, biblical understanding, remove some of that confusion, some of that fear. I put lots of testimonies in there and lots of practical prayers prayers that you can actually pray through for yourself or ministering to others. It's been awesome to get some testimonies already of people that have been getting free as they're reading through or people that are ministering to other people and it's helping to equip them. So uh, check that out. I want to talk today about setting captives free from Isaiah 61. So let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 61. I'm going to pray and just really ask for the Holy Spirit to use this time and maximize it and do what he wants to do. So Father, we come to uh, this morning in the name of Jesus and I thank you for this uh, amazing people, Father, here to honor you and worship you. And I thank you, God, for your purposes and for what you want to accomplish in our midst today. I thank you, God, that you are alive I thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead. I thank you, Jesus, that you are here in our midst, that you promised to walk among us, that you promised that when we gather in your name, you are here. So God, we come with an expectation, not not just to hear some words, not just to have some information, but to encounter you. And so, Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit, God, to move among us. God, let the power of the Holy Spirit just fall in this place. God, I pray for your anointing to move through this time, God, to break yokes, to heal hearts, to bring freedom, to bring healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. We honor you. We give you glory. You are the Savior. You are the Deliverer. You are the Lord. And God, we just commit this time to you. God, I pray for our hearts to be open to you. I pray for a sensitivity to your spirit. And we just we give you this time, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Isaiah 61 in just a couple minutes. I want to share a little bit about my background, just because this is my first time being here, and uh, many of you I haven't met. And so I um, just want to share a little bit about my story and why I'm so passionate about this topic of deliverance. The topic of deliverance, it refers to freeing people from the influence of evil spirits or casting out demons. And if you're like me, I know for me, that was not part of my church background. It was not part of my upbringing. It wasn't something I ever saw happen in church, but it's something we see throughout the Gospels quite a bit. But one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this topic and about seeing people free is because of my own testimony of freedom and how God set me free. I I was a captive that the Lord set free. 
And I, I grew up in a Christian family, had great parents and in a church um, and heard the gospel growing up and would have always said, yeah, I'm a believer and I believe that Jesus died for me. But really, there was no real relationship. There was no real walk with God. And I didn't really have a full understanding of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus and, and be saved. And so I just kind of was going through life. And um, in middle school, I got exposed to pornography and that just really planted a seed of sexual immorality in my life. And that just you know progressed as time went on. And then I got into high school and just started being drawn into the, the party scene and just alcohol and drunkenness and just everything that goes with that. And uh, then it got worse when I went to college because now my parents weren't there to you know look over me and my mom wasn't waiting at the door when I got home. And so it just got really bad when I went to uh, college. I went to Johns Hopkins University, played football there. And my freshman year, it was just party. Just, it was just all about partying, just getting drunk four or five times a week. And again, sexual sin, all this stuff was going on. And yet I was going to the Thursday night Bible study. I was faithfully going every Thursday night and uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship had a group there and I was studying the Bible and, you know, uh, giving my thoughts and just yet I was living this totally sinful worldly lifestyle, yet thinking I was a, just really deceived. I was, you know, sin is so deceptive. Sin is so deceptive. It, it deceives us. I didn't think there was anything wrong with what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't feel guilty about it. I was, you know, partying on Saturday nights and then going to church on Sunday mornings, just really just living this double life without even knowing it because I was so deceived. But at the end of my freshman year, I was invited to go on this retreat with a campus ministry. And I got to this retreat. I didn't really know what was going to happen there, but it was four or five days long. It was an intense study through the book of Mark. We were just digging into the book of Mark. We were studying scriptures. We were having conversation about these passages of scripture. And over the course of a few days, the Holy Spirit began to convict me of sin. I really began to come under this conviction where I began to see my sin for what it was. I began to feel God tugging me. And there was different passages in the scripture he was using. And I Finally, I was kind of wrestling for a couple days of just back and forth and just this spiritual battle was going on because I knew God was tugging me, but I knew what, uh, uh, what, what, what I had to give up and all this stuff. I was wrestling back and forth. And finally, I came to a point of surrender where I saw my heart was not pure. That was the problem. It wasn't, well, how much sin can I get away with and still be a Christian? How much can I still do and still call myself a believer? No, the, my, the problem was my heart was not right. My heart was impure. And, and I, I, I remember one of my first real prayers I ever prayed was, God, purify my heart. I can't do it on my own. And I cried out to God. And that night was one of the last nights of the retreat. I, I talked to one of the leaders that was at the uh, retreat and he was leading our group. And I just started confessing my sin to him. I started pouring out my heart. I was just, I was weeping. I was crying. I was, in, I was just deep in repentance and just confessing the sin and just praying. But I felt an overwhelming presence of the love of God that just began to fill my heart. Right in that time, as I was in that place of turning to the Lord, there was like an overwhelming presence of God's love that began to fill my heart. But what happened also in that encounter with God is that I was dramatically set free from bondage to sin. I was, I was instantly set free, like chains had been broken from my life. And sins that had had a hold of my life, like pornography, sexual sin, alcohol, drunkenness, literally were broken in that moment and never had a problem again. It was gone. 
I was gone, and, and I was so radically free, and it just changed my life. And I just began to just consume the scriptures. I began to devour the Bible. I was so hungry for God, and I began to devour the Bible. And sometime later, I was reading through the Gospels, and I was reading all these stories where Jesus was casting out demons. You don't have to read very far in the New Testament. You don't have to read very far in the Gospel stories and you'll come across these encounters where Jesus is dealing with evil spirits. Sometimes the Bible calls them unclean spirits or evil spirits or demons. And Jesus, you see it happening on a regular basis, like it was just normal, everyday life and ministry for Jesus. And I started asking these questions. You know, sometimes you can ask questions and get you in trouble. And the question I asked was, how come I've gone to church my whole life and I've never seen a person get delivered from a demon. How come I've gone to church my whole life and I've never seen someone get healed, you know, physically healed? I'm like, it seemed like this was happening all the time in the Gospels. And not only was Jesus doing it, his disciples were doing it. And so I was just, all I was was hungry for truth. I didn't have, I didn't have any like strong theological convictions about this topic, even though the church I grew up in was against, you know, the gifts of the Spirit and this stuff. I didn't really understand those theological arguments. I was just hungry for truth. And I was like, God, where is this? How come I've never seen this? I mean, I know evil spirits must be real because they're all in the Gospels, they're all in the Bible. They must be real, but I've never encountered this. And I had all these misunderstandings. I thought, you know what? If, if somebody needed deliverance, it would probably be in a deep, dark jungle in Africa somewhere. But certainly not in our you know, area, right? We, just, we have these different ideas, these different misconceptions about, about what, what, how this stuff works. So I was hungry for truth. I was asking these questions. And then the Lord began to speak to me through dreams. Anyone ever hear, get, get revelation in dreams? Anyone ever hear from the Lord in dreams? It's one of the ways God speaks prophetically. I knew nothing about the prophetic or how God can speak through dreams. But I had a vivid dream one night. In this dream, I was at an all-you-can-eat buffet. How many people like to eat? Come on now. All-you-can-eat buffet. All you can eat buffet. And I was hungry. And so I got up from my table. I started walking to the buffet. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed there was a man that was in the, in the restaurant. And he had a very evil appearance, like a countenance that was dark countenance and evil look in his eyes. And I just, just kind of noticed him. I walked by. I get to the buffet. I get my food. I sit down. And all of a sudden, this man starts approaching my table. And so I'm sitting there and this man starts approaching my table and he's walking toward me. And so then I stand up. I instantly knew that he had an evil spirit in this dream. I just instantly had a knowing, a discerning. I knew he had an evil spirit. And all of a sudden I felt a well of power, like well up out of my gut, just this well of boldness and power, just well up out of me. And I looked at him, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you evil spirit, come out of him. And all of a sudden the man started like heaving and this thing like left, left him, and you could tell his countenance totally changed. And he started like, like laughing with joy and saying, thank you, thank you. And I woke up from the dream. And my response was, avoid all-you-can-eat buffets. Don't go there. Don't go there. Stay away. My, I, I we're laughing about it, but my literal response was, I was afraid to meet this person. I literally thought, oh, no, do I have to do this? 
I literally thought, oh no, am I going to meet a person that has a demon? Am I going to see this person? I was like, the next couple of days, I was like, am I going to see this person I saw in the dream? I was afraid to do, I was afraid of this concept. I had no understanding of it. The concept of me casting out, it was like the farthest thing I thought I could ever do. So I want to encourage you. This is for every believer. I, I did not have a background that, that would have made me ready to do this. God led me. It's in the Bible. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. It doesn't say just the preacher or the evangelist or the author. It says believers. And I actually believe as we were in worship that the Lord is going to release a deposit in this very house for deliverance. I know it's part of your story. I know you guys believe in this, but I believe God is actually going to redig a well. There's going to be a deposit even from today of, of the anointing for deliverance. I believe God's going to even select some people. God's going to commission some people or anoint some people that you're being drawn to this area because he wants to anoint you to set captives free. So I had that dream, but I had no understanding. And so over the course of time, I came across some good, some good teaching. It was actually some books that God used to equip me. That's why I'm passionate about writing, because I was literally equipped for deliverance from reading a book. For me, it was a book by Derek Prince, and it was called They Shall Expel Demons. I saw it one time in a Christian bookstore. I was like, I knew God was telling me I need to get that book. I got the book. I read through it. Blew my mind. Totally changed my paradigm, my understanding about how all this works. But I still had no practical experience. I still had no understanding of how to do this in real life. I saw it in the Bible. I read it in his book. It changed my understanding, but I'd never done it before. So I was still kind of in this in-between place. And I'll never forget the first time I actually cast out a demon. You guys want to hear? So I was at my, so I just graduated from college. Now I'm probably 22 years old, about to get married in a month or so at this point. And uh, my parents um, asked me, hey, Jake, you know, you're home for after school. Would you, would you want to uh, teach at our Bible, um, Bible study? They have a Bible study at their house, like once a, once a week, maybe a Tuesday night or something. And they're like, hey, you're here. Why don't you teach one time for our, our Bible study? I'm like, hmm, should I go there? Like, should I, should I bring this here? Like, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. So I decided to give it a, give it a shot. I, I called it a real safe title. I didn't want to call it Deliverance from Demons. I called it Freedom in Christ. That sounds nice, right? That sounds like it's a very safe title. Everyone can agree with that. I called it Freedom in Christ. And I did a teaching on how Jesus came to set us free. Did you know that the power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, is not only for your forgiveness, but for your freedom? God did not intend for us to be forgiven of sins, but then still be bound for the rest of our lives. He didn't intend us to be washed and forgiven, but then still be walking around with oppression and be crippled by fear or bound by different types of sin. He called us to be free. And so I was sharing just different areas that God... Um, through the cross, brings freedom to. And just at the very end, I gave a little 15-minute blurb on deliverance from demonic oppression. Just talked about it for just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. I probably just stole all Derek Prince's teachings and just probably just taught, you know, you know just from his stuff. And at the end, there was, now I didn't know how to, I, now I do ministry. Every time I teach deliverance, I do ministry. We're going to do ministry today. But then I just, I didn't know. I just, you know, gave the, the message. Well, there's a guy that came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, when you were talking about that, you know, demonic stuff, I wonder if I need prayer. He asked for prayer for healing for something physically. But then he said, you know, I was really depressed. I've been really depressed and I've had like suicidal issues. And I was, you know, and I, I started asking him more questions and I found out that he had kind of dabbled in, into witchcraft and, you know, messed around with spiritual things that were not of God, like Ouija boards and just 
witchcraft things. And I'm like kind of connecting the dots. here. I'm like, okay, there's demonic torment and oppression. And there's this open door of witchcraft. I'm like, he probably needs deliverance. And so I'm like, hey, would you be willing to pray through a prayer of deliverance? If you don't know what you're doing, just act like you know what you're doing. That's what I did. I said, would you be willing to pray through a prayer of deliverance? As if I had done this a hundred times. And he's like, yeah, sure. And so next thing. Get, get somebody else to pray with you. I found my sister. I'm like, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not doing this alone. So I got my sister. She had just been filled with the spirit and we were walking together. And so we went down to a separate room, went to my bedroom. Everyone's upstairs and having snacks and fellowship. And I'm talking to this, uh, this, this guy and I have the Derek Prince book. And so I open it up and there's a prayer for deliverance in the book. I said, we're going to pray through this prayer. I want you to read through this. I want you to pray through this. And then I'm going to pray over you. And so he's praying through this prayer. He's reading through it. He's confessing sin and renouncing. But about halfway through the prayer, something started to happen. About halfway through the prayer, I'm just kind of observing. All of a sudden, he starts taking these deep breaths. All of a sudden, he's like, like taking these deep breaths. Something's changing. And then, as he's trying to say the words, he's not able to actually speak the words. Something, some unseen force is gripping his throat or his mouth, and he's not able to speak through the words. And he's like this heavy breathing, and just, and I'm just kind of like, I look at my sister, and she's looking at me, and we're kind of like, oh, like, what's going to happen here? And, um, but he makes it through the prayer. He finally works his way through. He's able to overcome. He, he works his way through the prayer. And then I just put my hand on his, on, you know, on his head or shoulder, something like that. And I begin to pray and, you know, I bind Satan, I command, you know. I started praying this prayer. And all of a sudden, his whole body goes into like a contortion. Like his whole body started like contorting. And he like fell backwards onto my bed. And I'm just like, okay, now what? And thankfully, God gave me grace. I mean, there was peace. God gave me peace in the moment. And that's because he's with us. He's with us as we're stepping out and obeying. It's his Holy Spirit that does the work. As we yield to him, Jesus is the deliverer, not me or anybody else. And so as we're abiding in him, so there was a peace, even in the midst of this new thing for us. And he started having this manifestation like that. And that night, probably five or six demons were cast out of him. They would come to the surface and, and uh, you could see a clear release when it came out. They, would, it was, they, were, they were actually saying their names and leaving him and all this stuff was going on. And so this was like, this brought me from the dream. Then I had the teaching that was a theory. Now it was reality. That was like, oh, this stuff is actually real life. This is real. I tell you what, I didn't sleep much that night. I was laying in my bed and my wheels were just turning, turning. And all of a sudden laying there and I think, where did they go? Where did the demons go? Because this happened right on my bed and now I'm laying on my bed <laughs> trying to sleep. And I'm like, wait a second, what, what? Where did they, where? So I missed my wheels are turning, but that, that was 16 years ago around. And ever since that time, my wife and I have been involved in deliverance and seeing the fruit of God moving in this area, seeing people set free from different types of bondage, oppression, torment, infirmities, afflictions, oppressions. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in Isaiah 61 is a well-known passage because Jesus quoted it himself when he was starting his ministry, Jesus quoted Isaiah 61 uh, in, in Luke 4. But it says this, Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, 
the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I love the progression of this passage. I love how it flows, and it continues. There's lots more in there, but I love how it flows. It starts out talking about the need for wholeness, for healing, for freedom, for salvation, for those who have been oppressed. And when it says that he came to bring good news to the poor, uh, that word poor, Poor doesn't only mean financially poor. It doesn't only mean somebody that doesn't have any money. It actually more means afflicted, downtrodden, oppressed. Somebody who has been beaten down or pushed down. In the Hebrew, it means depressed, afflicted, oppressed, humble, lowly, meek, poor, dehumanized. Somebody who has been dehumanized, afflicted. And he's saying, I'm coming with good news for this specific group of people. I'm coming for good news for those who have been pushed down. I'm coming with good news for those who have been wounded, abused, oppressed in different ways. And then he says, I've come to heal. God has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Heal the brokenhearted. And that it means to bind up. The word heal means to bind up the broken. That word for broken is a Hebrew word called shabar. It means to be fractured. It means to break, to shatter, to smash, to crush. He's talking about a fractured soul, a soul that's been crushed, a soul that's been damaged. He's not just talking about sadness like, you know, I, uh, I broke up and I'm with my boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm, I'm sad. Now that can be bad, but, but he's talking about a, a soul, the interior life of a person that has been wounded. Just like we can be physically wounded, we can be wounded in the soul. Just like you can have injuries physically, you can be injured in your soul. And he's talking about that in this passage. That's where we get the term inner healing. It's the healing of the interior. It's the healing of the mind, healing of the heart, healing of the soul. And he's connecting that. He said, I've, been, I've, been, I've come to bring healing, to bring together wholeness for hearts that have been shattered. And then he continues in this flow. I want you to notice the connection between inner healing, healing of the soul, and deliverance. Because the very next statement is to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening of the prison to those who are bound. Deliverance. Liberty to captives. He continues to go on. And you can see in, this, in the language that is being used here that God is not just somebody who removes something. He's a God who replaces something. Because he says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. I'm not just going to take away your mourning. I'm going to replace it with joy. How about that? I'm not just going to clean up the ashes. I'm going to give you something beautiful. I'm not just going to remove the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to place a garment of praise upon you. God is not only removing things, he's actually replacing them.
They may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. He he wants us to be rooted, established as his people in this place of freedom, in this place of wholeness. And then I love the next verse, right? They shall rebuild. They, who is they? The very ones that have been going through this progression. The very ones that were once oppressed. The very ones that were once bound and captive. The very ones that were bruised or shattered. The very ones that needed, that that had been afflicted, right? Now he's saying, they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. That's called payback against the enemy right there. That's called payback. The devil will be sorry he ever afflicted you. The devil will be sorry he ever kept you bound. He'll be sorry he ever oppressed you because when the payback comes, you get free, you get established in freedom, and then God uses you to set other people free. The very things that had afflicted you, God had given you a grace and authority to release to other people. So I believe that this whole area of deliverance I like to call it a missing link. It's a missing link in the body of Christ. And God is bringing it back to the forefront. Deliverance is not everything. Not everything's a demon and deliverance is not the whole thing. But deliverance is a key part. It's a key element that we need to bring into uh, the church because without deliverance, we'll be missing Areas, we're missing areas. People won't not, some people won't be able to find the freedom that God has for them without deliverance. When it comes to even people recovering from trauma, traumatic experiences, and just maybe abuse they've gone through, when it comes to sanctification and growing in holiness, growing in purity, when it comes to stepping out into the fullness of what God has for you, when it comes to physical healing even, Deliverance can be a missing link. And if we miss this part of it, we're not going to have the full picture. Now, in this passage, he emphasizes, again, the afflicted, the oppressed. And I found that there are different things that can open the door to demonic influence. We often call these open doors. That's access points. It's something that happens in our life that, be, that creates a, a, an access or a door that opens up where, where the enemy takes advantage of it. Now, sometimes it's our own actions. Sometimes it's our own sins or choices or things that we do. Sometimes it's you know, living in ongoing sin or dabbling into occultic things like the young man I prayed for, you know, getting involved with witchcraft or things like that. Sometimes it's uh, you know, those, those types of things. But sometimes it's what has happened to us. That creates this moment of weakness. You know, the the devil is a thief. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't have any mercy. He doesn't know what love is or how to. He has no, no, no capacity for love. He's a thief. He doesn't play by the rules. He wants to steal. And so when a person goes through trauma, when there's been abuse of any kind, I've seen this over, over, over again. People have been physically abused or sexually abused, verbally assaulted, all these types of things can, can create a moment of weakness that the enemy takes advantage of. He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so when we're in that moment of weakness, when we experience a trauma like that, sometimes evil spirits can come to try to keep, make us captive to that traumatic experience. So that even, even if we're you know, years later, 
we can still be tormented. There can still be oppression related to that experience that we went through. Sometimes it's unforgiveness that puts us in a prison. When we don't know how to deal with hurts and offenses or even horrible things that have happened to us. Because rightly so, we've, we've, we're, we're angry about it and we're, we're hurt by it. But, but, but we don't know how to properly process that and bring it to the Lord and you know, forgive and release the ones who have hurt us. And that doesn't minimize what happened. It doesn't mean it was okay what happened. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't mean that, that you have to put yourself in a position where you keep getting abused like that. You can still have boundaries and a health. You can, you can protect yourself from those things. However, forgiveness is between you and God when you release that person. You say, Jesus, because you have forgiven me, I choose to forgive this one. So there's different things that can open the door To, to demonic influence coming into our lives. But the good news is that Jesus came to set captives free. Nobody has to stay under demonic influence or oppression. No believer. It's for believers. It's for us as believers. It's part of what Jesus paid the price for. Jesus called this the children's bread. He said it belongs to the people of God. It belongs to the people of God. It's for his people. It's part of salvation. It's part of what he paid the price for, to deliver us from the dominion of darkness, redeemed by his blood. And so I, I want to highlight a couple areas before we go into some, some ministry. We're going to have a ministry time today. But I want to highlight a couple areas that are on my heart uh, of specific areas where I think God wants to, to minister. One is from Isaiah 61. We just read it. Verse 3 talks about a spirit of heaviness. Some translations call it a spirit of despair. What is a spirit of heaviness? It's a demonic spirit that brings depression, despair, darkness, like a dark cloud over us. Do you know that depression can be an evil spirit? There is a spirit of heaviness. Now, not everything's demonic, right? We are body, soul, and spirit. Sometimes we're facing things that are flesh or physiological, but many times there's a demonic element and we maybe not even realize it. This was actually Derek Prince's story, a guy I mentioned earlier, I'd read his book. This was his story. This is back in the you know, maybe 40s or 50s, 60s, when he, was, he, was, he had been radically saved, he had been baptized with the Holy Spirit, and he was pastoring a church, and everything in the natural was looking good, but he had this dark depression. He would fight these bouts of depression that would come over him, and no matter what he did, he was fasting and praying and doing everything he knew how to do, and just nothing would change. And then one day, he was reading Isaiah 61. He was reading Isaiah 61, and he came across that phrase, the spirit of heaviness. And the Holy Spirit highlighted that phrase to him. And all of a sudden, he knew that what he was dealing with was not just natural, but there was an actual demonic spirit, a spirit of heaviness, a dark cloud over him that was putting this dark depression, despair over him that he couldn't seem to break free from. And then the Lord quickened to him, Joel chapter 2, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So he began to call on the name of the Lord. He began to command the spirit to go. He felt this spirit leave him. He felt it come out of him. Spirit of heaviness. And he was set free from depression from that day forward. That was his introduction to deliverance. And that's how God began to use him in 
ministering to multitudes and bringing this to the body of Christ. Closely related to a spirit of heaviness is a spirit of oppression. A spirit of oppression. That's one of the ways that the devil wants to influence us. Acts 10.38, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is a summary of of Jesus' ministry. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That word oppression, it means to exercise harsh control over. It's very similar to heaviness. It's to push down, to control. There was a young lady that shared her testimony with me. And she came up to me after one of our church services a couple years back. She came up to me and she goes, Jake, I've been meaning to tell you this testimony. I keep forgetting. But for a couple years, I was battling this dark depression, a real dark depression. And these suicidal thoughts were tormenting me. These these suicidal tormenting thoughts. And uh, for for a couple years, and I, I couldn't seem to break out of this. And I came to your church one morning and you happened to be, you know, you were leading a prayer of deliverance one time. And when you said, you commanded the spirit of oppression to come out in Jesus' name. And when you said, I was just ministering to a whole group of people. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of oppression come out. And she said, when you said that, I felt something leaving me, coming out of me. And I would, and she said, I was set free from the suicide and depression from that day on. It was a year later when she told me the testimony. She was delivered from suicidal torment and depression in one moment when that evil spirit was called out. See, this stuff is real. This stuff is much more relevant to our lives than we realize. Because again, it's easy to read the stories in the Bible and say, yeah, that's great. You know, it was Jesus. That's, you know, all these crazy stories. But how does that apply to my life? You know, I've seen people set free from pornography. I've seen people set free from eating disorders. I've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger that they couldn't get a hold on. I've seen people set free from fear, tormenting fear, anxiety, depression, physically healed when, when evil spirits left. Do you understand how, how real this is, how relevant this is? See, the spiritual realm is real. And in Western culture, because we tend to have a worldview that is less supernatural, we can downplay the reality of the spiritual realm. And again, I know there's extremes. You know, we want to have a healthy balance, a biblical perspective. I know there can be extremes, and sometimes the pendulum swings. But I believe God's in a, in a, in a time of re-highlighting the ministry of deliverance, bringing it back to the forefront. Did you know that the first thing Jesus became well-known for was casting out demons? The first thing, it was in Mark chapter 1. He was in the synagogue. He was preaching when a demon interrupted his sermon. He was preaching with authority. They recognized his authority on his words. They said, this is not like the scribes. This is different. Something is on this, his words. And as Jesus is teaching with authority, it said there was a man in the synagogue that had an unclean spirit. Now, I have to wonder how many weeks went by that that man was in the synagogue and not getting the help he needed. And I have to wonder in our churches, how many people are sitting in our churches in America week after week after week after week after week, and they're in need of freedom, but they're not finding it. 
And so Jesus is there and he's speaking with authority. And as he begins to speak with authority, it's like it agitates the demon. That's how I kind of interpret that scripture because it was as he was preaching that all of a sudden the demon manifested. He began to cry out. And you know what he said? Leave us alone. That's what the first thing it said. In the New King James translation, Mark chapter 1, I think it's verse 22, he said, leave us alone. That's what the demons want the church to do. Leave us alone. Don't talk about this. Don't bring light to this. You know why? Because demons want to dwell in darkness. They, want, they prefer to dwell in darkness. They prefer to do their work behind the scenes. It's not always um, obvious. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's, um, and just like the man, right? He was there in the synagogue. He wasn't always outwardly manifesting the demon or they wouldn't have had him in the synagogue. I'm really going off track here. Everything, you guys all right? So spirit of heaviness, spirit of oppression. You know, there's another one that's very common. It's called a spirit of fear. That one's been deployed, deployed uh, extensively over the last year or so, right? In partnership, oh boy, I better stop. I was going to say in partnership with the media, right? They're, they're, they're kind of in cahoots, just fear, 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 right? All right, I'm going to stop. Spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.17. Did you know fear can be a spirit? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now, fear can be a natural human emotion. A lot of these things, there can be sometimes flesh, but then when it's bondage, when it's oppressive, when you can't, it can be demonic. So, but, so fear can be a natural response. We can all have natural fear. It's, a, it's just an emotion we can all experience. But when fear becomes crippling, when fear becomes controlling, when fear becomes something that is tormenting, we get these intrusive thoughts. We go down this path. We can't seem to get free. We have anxiety or all this. Then it can be a demonic spirit. Fear, it's a fear is a thief. It robs us of our inheritance. It keeps us from obeying God. Just like in the Old Testament, when they, they didn't want to go into the promised land, it was fear. It robbed them of their inheritance. Fear is a liar. Fear makes you think that it will protect you from the very things that you're afraid of. So it becomes this false sense of protection. But fear is a spirit that can be cast out. We've seen spirit of fear. People delivered from tormenting fear. And then there's another one. This is the last one. This is actually, I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but last night as I was in prayer, the Lord just drew me my attention. Luke 13 mentions a spirit of infirmity. The story is Luke 13, 10 through 17. If you want to write it down, I'm not going to take time to expound for time's sake. I'll, I'll just quickly paraphrase, but you can look it up later. Luke 13, 10 through 17, it says Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. It said there was a woman there who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and could not stand straight up, but was crippled, bent over. Now, here's what I want you to see. A physical condition, a spiritual root. A physical condition, a spiritual root. And we see this in the Gospels. Sometimes Jesus healed people by casting out demons. Sometimes he healed a deaf person by casting out a spirit. Sometimes he healed a deaf person by saying, be opened. That's why we need discernment, right? You can't make a formula. Sometimes he healed a blind person by making mud and putting on his eyes. 
But there's, there's actually several examples in the Gospels where Jesus physically healed a person through casting out a spirit. The first time I saw this, uh, there was a young woman who came, um, who I was a teacher at a Christian school, and she was one of my students, and she asked for prayer for healing in her neck. She had pain in her neck that was really bad. And so me and another um, teacher prayed for her, and nothing happened. You know, he prayed for healing. No, the pain was still there. Nothing changed. Just a couple of days later, she was asking for prayer again. This time, she had been, become more aware of the uh, whole area of deliverance. And she you know, maybe I need deliverance. She was aware of different areas of her life that were under demonic influence. And so me and this teacher prayed for her through deliverance. And there was manifestations that happened. She was set free. She was delivered from uh, s- several spirits. Now, what was amazing to me was after the prayer time was over, she started moving her neck around and her neck was completely healed. I didn't lay hands on her neck and pray for her neck. I didn't even address. It was just as when she was delivered, her neck was healed. I was like, oh, wow. That was caused by a spirit. And I've seen many other examples where physical healing happened through deliverance. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet because I want to have some ministry time. I can, I better, I got to stop myself. I'm going to keep preaching for hours here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I have no doubt that right here in this room, God wants to bring freedom to people's lives. I have no doubt in this very room, the Lord wants to bring freedom to areas of your life. And I I just want to say this because for some of you, this topic might be brand new. For some of you, you you know this topic and you've heard about deliverance and you're familiar with it. But for some of you, it might be a really new concept. I just want you to know there is no need to be ashamed if you need deliverance. Needing deliverance from an evil spirit does not make you an evil person. Okay? God's heart is toward you. He wants to bring freedom to you. It doesn't, there does not need to be a stigma about this. So we're just going to remove that right now. Okay? And um, what we're going to do is we're going we're to have a time of ministry. And first, I'm, we're going to do it corporately. Just I'm going to pray over everybody. I'm going to lead you through some prayers and then I'm going to pray corporately for the, for the church. And then what, uh, as we finish, we're going to also open the altar and open it up for some individual time. But when it comes to a prayer for deliverance, I like to use James 4, 7 as kind of a foundational verse. It says, therefore, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That's, that, those are the two components of a prayer for deliverance. The first part is submitting ourselves to God. That means we come into agreement with God. We yield our hearts to him. That means we're willing to obey his principles, his word. And so for some people, that might look like repentance from sin. When there's areas of our life that we've allowed to get in there, when there's sins that we've been walking in, it's coming into the light and confessing and repenting. For some people, that might mean for offering forgiveness, extending forgiveness to people who have hurt us. Extending forgiveness between you and the Lord. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. It's two separate things. Reconciliation requires both people to be committed to the Lord and to the process. But forgiveness is you you and the Lord. You can offer forgiveness. You can extend that forgiveness. When you do that, you're opening a prison door that you can walk out of that prison door. I believe that's going to be a key part of our time today. I believe the Lord wants to heal hearts that have been wounded through trauma, through abuse. 
So that's that first part, submitting ourselves to God. If we've had any involvement in occultic things or spiritual practices that are not of God, that the Word of God says don't dabble in those things, don't get involved, then we renounce those. We, just, we cut those off. We make a clean break. See, that's that submitting ourselves to God. And what that does is that positions us to resist the devil because we're removing any ground the enemy had. We're closing that door on the enemy so that he doesn't have any more ground in our lives. But then that second part is key. Resist the devil and he will flee. And what we do there is we use the authority that God has given us. God has given us authority over evil spirits. Do you know that we don't need to be afraid of demons? Do you know that Jesus has given us authority to use his name? And when the disciples came back, there were 70 of them he sent out in Luke 10. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. The demons are subject to you in the name of Jesus. The demons are subject to me, to us, in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So we can actually command evil spirits to come out, to go, to leave us in the name of Jesus. It's in his name. So we're going we're gonna to go through a prayer. I'm going to lead us through a prayer. Could we have maybe, um, I don't know if we have a little bit of music in the background, just some soft, whether it's a guitar or keys or something, just to help um, during this time, in this time of ministry. <clears throat> some of you, as we have been, as I've been sharing, uh, there's, a, there's a chance that some of you have been actually already beginning to experience maybe the beginnings of a demonic manifestation. Maybe some of you begin to experience stuff going on in your body. Some of you might have begun to experience stuff like moving around in your stomachs. People have told me they felt like all of a sudden something swirling in their stomach or they felt like they might throw up or they might, some people felt like they needed to get up and leave the room. Stuff like that. Some of you might have already begun to experience that. People have said they felt something like gripping their throat or pain come on them. And, um, and I, I want to encourage you, if you have been experiencing anything like that, don't be afraid, be encouraged. You're about to get set free. The devil's getting nervous. The devil's getting nervous. Evil spirits don't like to be exposed. And when the light starts to come in, the entrance of his word brings light. When the light starts to come in, the darkness starts to get nervous. And I, I, some of you, um, you know what? If you've been experiencing that, would you put your hand up? Because Go ahead, put your hand up high because we're breaking off stigma. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm sure there might be a few more, but... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Jesus, we thank you that you're moving in this room. You're going to set captives free today. I thank you that there's no shame in this room. There's no shame in this room. And that the blood of Jesus, Lord, washes us free, Lord, washes us. God, I thank you that you are here. I declare, God, you are in charge. I declare that Satan is defeated. I declare that Jesus is Lord. And I thank you that you are walking through this room. God, I ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall in this room and to lead us through this time of ministry right now, to lead us into greater freedom, to lead us into peace in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to lead us through a prayer. I want us to all pray through this. I want just to do it together corporately, just in a place of unity and a place of faith, and to do it out loud. Do it with boldness. And the first part is just going to be affirming our faith in Jesus, just just simple, basic truth about who Jesus is and our salvation in him. So pray this out with me. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father 
I thank you for your grace and mercy toward me. I ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon me and bring deliverance to me. In Jesus' name. I just want to encourage those that are praying on the live stream as well. Pray through on the live stream. We've had testimonies, people getting set free through videos, through live streams. So I encourage you for watching on the live stream. Just pray along with us, okay? Here's this next part, all right? Say this, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you are the Son of God. And the only way to the Father. I believe that you came in the flesh. That you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose again. Thank you for your finished work. Thank you that you came to set me free from the power of sin. And to redeem me from the kingdom of darkness. Thank you that you came to heal my broken heart. And to restore my soul. Now let's just pause there. I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit just begin to minister on that before we continue. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus for that same anointing that, that was Isaiah 61, God. The anointing to heal the broken heart will begin to move in this place. I pray for the oil of the Holy Spirit begin to flow into people's hearts, into people's minds, where there's been damage, where there's been trauma. I speak to the mind and the soul. I say, be made whole in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak a release of your love. I pray a baptism of the love of God, that your love will be poured into their hearts by the Holy Spirit, Father. I thank you for your presence Thank you for your glory. God, I thank you for your holy angels that are in this room. I ask you to send your angels, God, to minister, to be around us and to minister to each person, Lord. I thank you for a release of your peace, of your peace that silences darkness in Jesus' name. For peace. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep praying through this. We're going we're gonna to walk through a couple areas of closing those doors, submitting ourselves to God, okay? Let's say this. Say, I submit myself to you, God, and take an active stand against Satan and every one of his demons. I totally renounce and repent of any sin I come into the light to confess my sins before you, God. To receive your forgiveness. To receive your cleansing by the blood of Jesus. Now, I'm just going to take a moment while he's playing in the background. Uh, just to, right now, if there's any areas where you just need to walk in repentance, you need to bring something to the light, you need to confess a sin and repent. We're going to just give you a minute or two just to customize this time. So don't, don't worry about people around you. It's good if you could say it loud enough that you can hear it. You don't have to yell it out for everybody. But if there's areas of sin that you just need to confess, you need to repent before God. Take one, one or two minutes right now and do that. Thank you, God.
Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for grace being released as we come to the throne of grace, God. Thank you. We just receive your cleansing, God. Just thank him. Just begin to thank him for the blood of Jesus. Begin to thank him for forgiveness. Begin to thank him, God. We thank you for washing us, for cleansing us, for forgiving us. Thank you for grace, God, to live by your spirit, to live in freedom and holiness, God. Thank you. We yield ourselves to you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, this next part's going to be so key for many in the room. We're going to forgive the ones who hurt us, who sinned against us. I want you to know that forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice that we make in obedience to God's word and in in response to his love, in response to his forgiveness of us. Our heart will catch up. Our feelings, God will work in our emotions, but we start with that choice. And if you're struggling to forgive, ask God to help you. God, give me the grace to forgive. Give me the grace to forgive. But we're going to pray through this right now. And I believe the Lord's going to minister in this. So say this, say, Lord Jesus, because you have forgiven me, I choose to freely forgive anyone who's ever hurt me or sinned against me in any way. I set aside all hatred. I set aside all resentment. All anger and bitterness. And I choose to forgive. Specifically, I forgive. Now again, I'm going to give you some space. Take some time. Say their, say their names out loud. Say, Jesus, I forgive. And then say that person's name. And let the weights of oppression begin to lift off you. Let the prison doors begin to open. As you say, I forgive. Say their name. Take the next minute or two. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let the Lord remind you of people you need just to release right now. Canceling the debt, God. We cancel the debt, God. Thank you, Father. you, Father. Just 30 more seconds. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. If there's anyone else that comes to your mind, thank you, Father. I'm also going to have um, Rachel, if you want to make your way up here, and Anna, and Joy, if you want to, some from our team. And if you guys are getting anything, too, you'll have a chance to share anything, too. We're just going to, co- I'm going to cover one more area. We're going to renounce the kingdom of darkness, anything from the demonic realm, anything from the occultic realm. And, you know, didn't, didn't talk a lot about that, but um, trust the Lord to lead in any areas, things specifically that maybe you've been involved with. So pray, let's pray this out. Say, Lord Jesus, I renounce the kingdom of darkness and all of its works. I renounce the occult. I renounce witchcraft. Anything that is spiritually but not of you. I renounce new age. 
and I make a clean break with all of these practices or belief systems. Specifically, I renounce. Now, if there's anything that fits there that, you, that you're aware of in your life, just begin to name that out. Just take the next minute. Just say, I renounce. And just fill in the blank. Thank you, Jesus. We cut these ties, God. We cut these ties. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Yeah, just got a word of uh, knowledge from Rachel about generational. And so um, some people in the room here, some of the stuff you're experiencing is actually was passed through the family line. And that's a whole other concept and a whole other message. But sometimes we can inherit things. The Bible talks about this concept. And um, that can open a door for demonic influence to be passed down from one generation to the next. But the good news is that Jesus became a curse for us. The Bible says he became a curse in Galatians 3 to redeem us from the curse of the law, to set us free from any generational curse or influence. And so let's pray right now. You might be aware of patterns in your family line. You might be aware of patterns of, oh, yeah, my mom or my dad is all through the same exact uh, strongholds. So we're going to pray a prayer of, quickly of breaking those off right now, okay? So let's pray this out. Lord Jesus, I thank you that on the cross... You became a curse for me to set me free from every curse and inherit God's blessing. Because of your finished work, I ask you to set me free from every generational curse or generational stronghold at work in my life. I renounce the sins of previous generations. And I declare that the blood of Jesus separates me from these influences. Specifically, I renounce. Now, if you're aware of a pattern that's been going through the family line, just begin to pray that out. Just say, I renounce, you know, anger, addiction, suicide, depression. Might be a physical thing. Might be an emotional thing. Just begin to, might be a sinful stronghold. Begin to call that out by name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just cut these off. We renounce everything that came through the family line, God. We declare we are new creations in Christ. Lord, that these patterns can't continue on anymore. It stops now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The Lord, you give us a new inheritance in Christ, a new legacy for future generations. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, now we're going to resist the devil now, okay? We're going to resist the devil, and he's going to be fleeing, all right? Let's say this. I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord. By the authority of Jesus' name, I speak to every evil spirit that has any influence in my life. I command you to come out. Go in the name of Jesus. 
I want you to lift your hands for a minute. I'm going to begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release, Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that breaks the yoke all across this room right now. And in the name of Jesus, I command every unclean spirit, come out from the people now. Come out from the people now. Come out from the people now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of oppression. I say, spirit of oppression, come out in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of heaviness. I say, spirit of heaviness, come out in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that brings despair, every spirit that brings depression, I say, leave them now, leave them now, leave the people now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command you to come out from them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, let your Holy Spirit flood this room, Lord. Flood the hearts, God. Flood their bodies. Flood their souls, God. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, would you walk through this room? Would you walk through this room? Would you walk through this room? Thank you, God. I'm going to keep ministering for a while. So you can just stay in a posture of receiving. You can keep your hands up. You can put them down. But we're going to keep ministering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of fear. I say, spirit of fear, come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every spirit of intimidation, every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of fear, come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every spirit connected to fear, anxiety goes now, goes now, goes out right now in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of torment. I say, spirit of torment, come out in the name of Jesus. Spirit of torment, come out right now. It leaves right now. It leaves right now. It leaves right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I command every spirit of affliction, infirmity, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit that causes pain, that causes sickness, that causes disease, come out from them now in the name of Jesus. Go from them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We're going to stay in this place of corporate ministry for a little few more minutes here. I thank you, Father. I want to minister to you, uh, this young woman over here. Can you stand up? What's your first name? Ashley. All right. Would you put your hands up? Father, I bless what you're doing in Ashley right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit coming as the spirit of truth, God, to break off the lies of the enemy. I break the power of word curses that were spoken over your life. I break the power of destructive words that were sown into you at a young age. I break them, the labels that were placed on you. I uproot them from your soul. I rebuke the lying spirit. I command a lying spirit to go out in Jesus' name. Every spirit that whispers lies into your mind, every spirit that tries to whisper lies and to torment you from your past, I command to get out, to go now, to go now, to go now, to be released from you in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for wholeness coming. Wholeness coming to your soul, Ashley. Wholeness. I thank you for wholeness coming to your soul. Shalom, the peace of God. God, I thank you that you are healing areas, Lord from past experiences and traumas and relational breakdowns, God. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. You're cutting those ties to those those chains that try to connect you to those experiences, try to label you. I break it off. I remove all shame from your life. 
I declare that the spirit of shame has no place in you, that you are free, that you are whole, that you are loved. I speak a father's blessing over you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I speak a father's blessing upon you, and I bless you with a revelation of God's love and a deeper sense into your identity. I bless the day that you were conceived. I bless the day you were born. I declare you celebrated, and I, and I declare you blessed in Jesus' name. I thank you for life, God, for life, for life, that more abundantly. Come, Holy Spirit, release your power. I declare over you that anxiety is not your portion, that fear no longer belongs in you. I uproot any spirit of anxiety and fear. It's moved in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare you are accepted and not rejected. Accepted and not rejected. Every spirit of rejection is lifted off in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Bless Ashley, Lord. Bless her. Bless your daughter, God. Pour out your spirit, God. Pour out your presence. Pour out your grace, Father. Thank you for freedom, for freedom, God, for chains being broken off in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now over this congregation, Lord, over anyone, Lord, that where unclean spirits came because of abuse, because of trauma. Lord, anywhere where unclean spirits came because of sexual abuse, physical abuse, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command every unclean spirit that came through abuse and trauma to come out in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. It goes right now. It leaves you right now. It goes right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, anywhere their souls have been taken captive through trauma, I say, be set free in the name of Jesus. You are loosed from it, loosed from it, loosed from it in the name of Jesus. Father, I break the power of any unclean spirits that have sought to influence people in this room. God, any unclean spirits connected to sexual immorality, pornography, lust, I command to come out in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of immorality or pornography and lust. I say, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Go from them now. Go from them now. Out from them now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You have to go. You have to go. Father, I declare cleansing of the blood of Jesus Cleansing, freedom. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of suicide. And I rebuke any spirit of death. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command a spirit of suicide, come out. I command a spirit of death or fear of death, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit that's tormenting you with thoughts of death or suicide leaves you now out in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I just take authority over any spirits of rejection, spirit of isolation, and a spirit of self-hatred. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over those spirits of rejection, of isolation, and of self-hatred, and I just command you to come out right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that these people, because of the blood of Jesus, have been accepted.
Father, that they have been accepted. God, that you love them, that you are drawing them near to yourself. Father, I thank you because they are made in the image of God, that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. Father, that as you love them, they will love themselves. And so right now I silence every voice of the enemy right now speaking lies into your minds. I silence that voice that is just speaking about your lack of worth and your unworthiness and saying, this is not for you. You're going to be the exception. This won't work for you. You're going to stay in this place. You're not worth it. You're not worthy. I silence that voice in the name of Jesus. And I just release the truth of God to just come and move right now and to invade minds and invade hearts. And I thank you, Lord, for driving out every spirit of rejection right now. God, even those spirits that took root in the womb. God, those spirits of rejection that took root in the womb right now, I just declare that today is the day that they leave. Today is the day that they are uprooted and that they are cast out in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for just a wave of just the acceptance of God to come right now and fill that place. God, I thank you that as the enemy is vacated, Lord, that you are filling that place with your love and your acceptance right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just bind every spirit of isolation Every spirit of isolation, God, that would cause, cause us to stay in a place pulled back from others, that would keep us from receiving fellowship and community, that would cause us to shut down, that would cause us to sabotage relationships right now. Any spirit that would cause us to sabotage relationships out of fear or any other thing right now, I just bind that spirit and I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I say there's no place for a spirit of isolation in these people. Go in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for a revelation of identity in this place. Father, that as you have loved us, we can love each other, but we can also love ourselves. And so, Lord, I just ask that you give us eyes to see ourselves the way that you see us, that you would shut down those lies, Father, and that you would set us free from any spirit of self-hatred, that we may come into full agreement about who you say that we are. God, that we would agree with you fully and completely. And so right now I drive out any spirit of self-hatred in the name of Jesus. I got two more things, then we're going to um, begin to have individual time. We're just kind of close this down. So uh, just, yeah, two more things. Let's just, again, just fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to him. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, continue to move, continue to minister. Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break the power of a spirit of addiction. I break the power of any spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus, commanded to go out from the people in Jesus' name. Any spirit that's causing bondage, addiction, enslavement, I break its power in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, in Jesus' name, I break the power of any spirit of anger, any spirit that causes uncontrollable anger in the name of Jesus, even generationally passed down through the family line. I break it off. I break it off. I break it off in Jesus' name. I take authority over that spirit of anger. I command it to go out and to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So you put your hand on your heart and just pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and your love and for your Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Every area of my being, 
of my body, soul, and spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every area that the enemy had a stronghold in, let now be filled with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Now, as we've been praying, how many people have actually felt or experienced something leaving them, lifting off, going, that could actually be observable? Put your hands up. Put your hands up real high. Just wave them because we just want to remove any stigma from this. Look at this. That's awesome. Can we just give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Look at that. That's amazing. And notice it didn't have to be crazy chaotic. There's peace because Jesus is Lord. So we're going to open it up for ministry. So yeah, if you would like to receive more ministry, maybe something you felt like something was happening but didn't get fully released, or you just, you know, you're aware of an area of your life where you know what, I, I want freedom in this specific area.